AJ. I'm Sunny. I'm Randy, and this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where three relatable but ambiguous friends sit down once a week to drink together virtually and discuss true crime. Hello, ladies. Hello. Well, hello. I, th- I think we need to add to that to get together virtually and realize we all really need some deep therapy. A lot of therapy. <laughs> Extensive. Sunny, did you hear the uh, adjectives I used on the the day that you didn't show up? Yes. (laughs) I said it. And obviously like we already knew you were okay. And AJ was just like, that's so on point. I was like, I I promise I typed that up before (laughs) we ever started. (laughs) I'm just like, you guys are mad. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, you guys know the mom thing where it's like, oh my God, I'm so worried. You're okay. Don't ever do that to me again. So many stories on that level for that, that, yeah. (laughs) So what are you guys drinking? Well, (laughs) that's a great question. Sunny, what are you having? Um, so I am actually trying to give my liver a little bit of a break and I am drinking Rockstar Pure Zero because I haven't been sleeping a lot recently. Oh no. <laughs> so explain to me how a rock star is going to help that. Uh, well, I need to stay awake for during the day. So we'll worry about the sleeping part later. <laughs> I'm just relieved it's not a mo- I'm relieved it's not a monster. Oh, I forgot about that. Because there's one thing that I can immediately associate to you is a monster. Is trying to, well, really trying to find good. you in the mess of the residence around the university we were going to and Holy then God. finally finally picking you up and we were already going to be late to our first class. And then when I finally scoop you up and you've got like your bag and your purse and then your three monsters and you're like, (laughs) after you had worked a 12 hour late night, all night shift and maybe had 37 minutes of sleep. And now all I can smell in here is the monster. And I'm like, wow, that is a powerful smell. (laughs) smell. Oh, gross. From your line (laughs) green, was it a Subaru? Uh, oh, no, I had a Hyundai accent. Hyundai. Oh. It was it was a lime green, and it was fabulous. I loved it. That's funny That's... how we come full circle because now my Jeep is lime green. Oh, <laughs> your turn, AJ. Oh, I am no longer drinking wine. I can't. You don't. I don't can't it's gone. Drink. Yeah, it's gone it's because gone. we started about forty-five minutes ago, therapy. everybody, and we had to discuss. And so things things need to be talked about. And so I've already um, had my beverage, which was just my normal Pinot Grigio. So now I am drinking a Dr. Pepper Zero because that's what I had on hand. And honestly, um, yeah, that's that's just what I'm having. Tell Pedro to bring you a refill. On it. That's a great suggestion. I'm not giving my liver a break, uh, and so I'm drinking. I actually found a new vodka last week, so Ooh. you guys. Know um, Tito's was getting it. quite expensive, so I got put so on now on Buddies, which is so for low, whatever reason good. Sunday night I didn't sleep. Yeah, I generally I, don't sleep a lot, really but like, like Sunday night was one of those nights like I just did not yeah, sleep. So Monday afternoon, they're figuring out the schedule of like somebody has like these people are on day shifts. That's from you know 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and these people are night shift, which is 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And I was like, man, night shift sounds like, I don't know, night shift isn't that bad. I'm like, yeah, you're on night shift. It's 3 p.m. Night shift starts at 7 p.m. I didn't sleep the night before. 
And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try to lay down for a little bit. So I think I got maybe two hours of sleep. So we're at, this is Monday. I'm on night shift, Monday night to Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, we have to jump like from point A to point B. So we have to like break down all the tents and break down all the stuff. So by the time we get everything set up Tuesday, it's now time for my night shift Tuesday night. So then Tuesday night oh, to Wednesday night, I, oh I think I went, it was probably like close to 50 to 55 hours without sleeping. So wow. I lay down and I pass out and I'm like, we have, so on top of that, we had no heat in most of the tents. It's very much like the, the higher ups are working in the tent with heat. And like, there's just, there's no heat and it's, it's not cold, cold, but it's that cold where you're never out of it. And so it just kind of like gets into your bones. So they finally get a heater set up. I go into the tent that has heat because day shift is working and I lay down and go to sleep and I wake up and I hear my first sergeant like, what the fuck? The tent's on fire. And I just like peek out of my sleeping bag. And I was like, the smoke's not significant. And I just go back. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that dies for a really dumb reason. So I just kind of poke it. Like, I don't have any pants on because I'm in my sleeping bag. So I'm on a t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, if I have to get up, I will. And then it's, there's just a problem with the heater. So go back to sleep, wake up early from what, cause you're off for 12 hours and it's not expected. You're not, you're off for 12 hours. So I got my little eight hours of sleep and then I got back up. So now it's Wednesday night. So then Wednesday night, I got on shift to Thursday morning and then Thursday morning, they were like, we're jumping. <laughs> so one of my friends, like I meant, like we made it out. Nobody got hurt. Like everything was fine. Made it back home. And then one of my friends texted me and he was like, Hey, like one of our friends is getting promoted. I made it back home at 9am on Thursday. And so my friend's like, Hey, one of our friends is getting promoted. Can you be there? It's at six or uh, 4 PM. And I was like, yeah, it's like, it's 9am. I'm gonna get plenty of sleep. Ernesto woke me up at 6 PM and he was like, Hey, are you living? <laughs> like, cause he wow. said, he, he said he came up from work and he was like, Hey babe. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I slept the entire weekend and we're going out to the field again oh. in like two weeks. So I was like, babe, this is dope. I know how to get eight hours of sleep a night. Don't you just sleep for, don't sleep for don't sleep ever for and then it'll that's be not healthy that's not okay please don't oh, do that I was drinking monster which I don't drink but the the white can is pretty good yes that one so, I remember the white better. can yep I don't know what better. it tastes like but I know what it smells like <laughs> well one of the because people two of my soldiers were on night shift with me so like when when we were done like they'd go to sleep and then two of my other soldiers were on day shift and so they would see me like just like not just there and uh the chaplain comes out to me and he's like I think you have earned this and he hands me a monster I was like thanks so much <laughs> thank you sir <laughs> thank you my good child but hallelujah on on that note I was supposed to do the case today and I didn't research it because my class also started but so we're doing kind of a throwback because we did mm -hmm. Wait, are you okay? Wait, what's everybody covering? Or are we gonna wait till we do the reveal? Uh, well, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you either. I just we had discussed this is kind of a lady's choice, mm -hmm. and we're keeping Ladies. it kind of spooky, right? Uh, mine was not. Mine's okay. not at all spooky. Do it. <laughs> Sunny intentionally misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> 
I thought you said it was ladies choice. So it is, is. it is. It completely (laughs) is. You know what? I, you know, I'm going to pull, I'm just going to say it's spooky. It's there you go. Open to interpretation. And if anybody can say it's spooky, it's you with your little hands. Is this spooky? Like your other episode was Easter on Easter. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Still not Easter. Yes, it was. Still Easter. It's fine. But, um, Yes, but I I like I like my little shallow dive. So okay. that's you want to go first? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really cool. Okay. Uh, so my Pablo came through, and now I have some Pinocchio. So let's go. I cannot wait to hear your segment. I'm about to text Eddie. So this is actually going to be a teaser for a case that I plan to cover later, Uh, similar to the watcher where I like did a little boop, like into it. And then we went way more in depth um, Mm -hmm. at a later date, but I think it provides a really great shallow dive into part of the case that's most intriguing. Wait, it's foreshadowing. Oh, I I kind of felt that weight. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, So today I will sort of be covering the Oklahoma City bombing of 1995. (gasps) Oh, I remember this. Mm -hmm. Okay, you went there. I did. Well, bear with me. So um, again, today's just a little dip into the case, but I'm not going to go super nitty gritty. So I'm just going to have a brief overview of what happened for listeners who may not know. Um, So on April 19th, 1995, two men named Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols bombed the the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The two were known as white supremacist, anti-government radicals, angry about, amongst other things, the handling of two FBI standoffs. They decided as a retort to bomb a federal building to protest what they believed were restricted rights of private citizens. To do this, they stole or purchased materials to make their own bomb containing 5,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate fertilizer mixed with 1,200 pounds of nitromethane and 350 pounds of Tovax. Jeez. This ultimately was made into a truck bomb, which killed at least 168 people, injured more than 680 people, and destroyed a large section of the building. There was also a lot of other damage that happened around it, but that mm-hmm. was kind of the, the main fallout. So As you all may remember, national response was nearly immediate from first responders, uh, donations streaming in, and volunteers helping to triage the situation, helping survivors, and transporting the dead. Victims were sent to hospitals all across the region. Over 12,000 people participated in relief and rescue operations, which lasted until May 5th. Oh, wow. As stated, there were 168 victims until there weren't. In the late 1990s, something extra was found in the rubble. What is it, you ask? What is it, I ask? A severed, decomposed, and shaven left leg in a black leather boot was found. Wait, how how long past the explosion? 
So this was a few years later. What? Okay. Although initially identified as a male leg, further examination showed that it belonged to a female. Um, so at first, partial DNA reports showed that it belonged to a victim who had already been buried. Hmm. So naturally, she was exhumed so she could be buried with the correct leg. Mm-hmm. But when they did the exhumation, she was found to indeed already have the correct leg in the correct place. So whose leg? She? Uh, this the is one, one of the victims. Exhumed. This is one of the victims. So is it DNA so they, mess up? They exhumed a victim. Exhumed a victim. It was partial DNA. So okay, 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 that makes sense. So right. they were like, "There's mm-hmm. already a leg here." Did DNA on the leg that was, you know, in the correct place? It was her leg was already in there. Uh, so whose leg was this? Yeah. Okay. So partially decomposed, shaven, shaven, uh, and severed leg left leg in a black leather boot. So the shaven and the black leather boot, both, I don't know why those two things are very unnerving to me, but Mm -hmm. okay. Keep going. So, uh, all other people and legs had been accounted for. They went over and over and over the records. So the leg at this point was named human specimen P 71. They don't know who it belongs to. Well, let's 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 continue. Tell me. <laughs> well, the FBI has had made exhaustive efforts into identifying the leg, even after that point, as DNA methods got better. The owner still remained a mystery. Um, the office of the chief medical examiner has a copy of the results. However, the results are confidential, pursuant to state law. Oklahoma chief toxicologist Dr. Byron Curtis said. So making it sound like they knew more than they did based off of <laughs> further things that were said. So there are two theories about P71. One is the most obvious, which is that there is an unknown un- 169th bystander victim of the bombing. So there are two theories about P71. One is the most obvious, which is that there is an unknown 169th bystander victim of the bombing. The medical examiner at the time said, I've always thought this had to be a mistake on our part. There were a lot of missing parts, but we have looked and looked and looked. Other pathologists have looked, other anthropologists have looked, and we can't find it. Could it be another individual? I have to say, could be, I don't know. I do not know whose leg it is. That's the bottom line. There's nothing I could do. There's There's nothing nothing I could could do. Another theory is that there was a third bomber involved. Hmm. An unknown man was seen with McVeigh at a body shop shortly before the attack, but this is a problem for two reasons. As said before, the leg reportedly belongs to a woman. Additionally, the man seen ended up being cleared of involvement when questioned. They really couldn't find anything else to detain him. Um, So... Uh, originally they thought he was missing. They found him. They questioned him. That was the only suspect they had. Mm -hmm. Um, so could a woman conspirator have been involved? I have a question. The, what did they use to definitively, definitively say it was a female? 
Uh, it was the DNA. Like it. So they it, did like a karyotype in like the 23rd yeah. pair. It was like an XX. Yeah. They kept okay. like redoing it as DNA. Uh, Progressed. Like, well, like, yeah, as we, as we progress to, you know, like more sensitivity and the more we know, but okay. they just, there's nothing on file to match it. Um, I mean, you can, you can tell if it's a female, but that's, that's about it. So, okay. um, so potentially another victim, potentially a woman conspirator that we didn't hear about mm-hmm. the world may never know. Mm-hmm. So well, I think we all have heard a lot about, you know, the Oklahoma City bombings. This was new information for me. And that, ladies, is the um, the unsolved tale of P-71. That is so weird. Or is it a footnote? <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. Can, I wonder if they can tell if like just the rest of the body was just vaporized in the blast. Cause it was a, it's a big blast. Yeah. I don't know. They but this is so crazy. Phenotypes now, like they can even kind of determine what that person would look like phenotypically just from their DNA. So let's put that together. Let's I'd love to see if there'd been anything like super recent on like yeah. that kind of thing and there wasn't anything, but that's what's weird okay. too is like, I mean, you're not going to know everybody that works in your office building, but mm-hmm. you, you'd know, okay, these people are accounted for dead or alive and nobody was like, hey, my co-worker friend is not on either list that was the thing is like nobody was no one else was missing like no one else was so yeah that's so anyway weird. isn't that wild though so it's anyway wild. like i had was, i had no so idea <laughs> wow I, I thought i knew everything well not everything about but i thought i knew about that that's just maybe somebody had like a dead body in a suitcase how crazy would that be? Like, oh, I need to dispose just of this have a leg with them. <laughs> weirder shit has happened. I mean, weirder shit has happened. Uh, we, you, the three of us has lo- have logged some serious true crime hours, like both like TV show, podcast, radio, like all those things. The collectively, there are probably some serious hours going into that uh, information bank gonna say that's not the weirdest thing that I've ever heard if there was (laughs) some random like dead body in a suitcase parcel package locker trunk truck xyz when things go off and now you have this shaven decomposed severed leg severed leg in a a black I feel like in 2023 in this day and age even if you could look at it and say oh that looks like a woman you cannot say that that was a woman because that could be a person trying to be a woman. That could yeah. be a, a I, there's just, you don't it's, know by looking at it. I feel like there's the molecular yeah. confirmation that I would need. Yeah. You know, really. That's all I got though, for my little, my little dive. And so geez, well, thank you for that cliffhanger. So see, but it is a little spooky. That's kind of, it's a little, that spooky. Is kind of that's spooky. a little weird. So. AJ, do you want to go next? Or you want me to go next? I can definitely go next. Okay. For sure. What did you? I'm curious. Okay. I, I like mentally guessed what I thought you were going to cover. Okay. Well, I want to know what you thought I was going to cover. The say or Salem, Massachusetts? Nope. Damn it. Mm-mm. It's like I don't even um, know you. I know, right? Uh, I really love doing local things 
right? Like I've done Mm -hmm. a lot of things that are um, very geographically close to where I am. And very long story short, like I, I didn't have the time or resources to really dive into what I wanted to dive into. So I had some conversations with my husband, Petra, and um, he, I'm telling him like, there's so many creepy things in our house that we've experienced. Like, what if I just tell some like spooky stories about where we live? That's dope. And I he's love like, that. he's like, well, you know, you've got to give some context and some background. So I have kind of two options right now. I could like give you the very cosmetic, um, spooky stories I pulled up, or I could just give you some real life spooky shit that has been recently happening in my, we, you know, we want to hear the real stuff. You yeah, know, we want to hear about do. your house. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is going to be just like off the cuff. Then I'm not going to even look at my notes. And for everyone listening and watching and reading and hearing and whatever, I have zero resources except myself and the people involved in my stories. Okay. So I have been sensitive my whole life. I didn't know I was sensitive. I didn't know that's what you would call it until I was very much in adulthood. Right. Um, And so the house that my husband and I lived at prior to living in this house, I had some very significant experiences. Sunny was there for us for a lot of time during the pandemic. And just like, we kind of lived communally together. We did. Um, Compound. compound, But I had some serious shit happen to me in that house. Um, I slept on the left side of the bed and in my bedroom to the left of me in that corner, which eventually led to the exterior of the house I always felt like in that corner of my bedroom was very much a dark black hole that was like kind of a vortex of energy that I couldn't quite really I can't even describe it right now like how that felt and so when I was really trying to understand the super natural, the metaphysical world that I was experiencing at that time, I was having some very lucid dreams. And there was one dream in particular that I had where I was woken up in my sleep and I would stand on my bed and try to beat on the wall to get my husband's attention because I knew that he was in the living room. I could hear him in the living room on the other side of the wall, but he could never hear me like banging on the wall. And then I would get up out of bed and like in a very frantic manner, try to like get down the hallway and like go to him. And there was, I'm not going to describe it for our listening listeners and, or for it's what I remember is very traumatic and kind of graphic in nature. There was a lot of small children and small spirits there that were like, kind of like pulling me back into the bedroom and like keeping me away from what my goal was and I would be like rushed back and like felt like okay no you're asleep like remember you're asleep and then just wake up but I would go through this cycle like 10 and 12 times a night and it was very exhausting so like by the next morning I was just like my energy was drained my I could I was physically exhausted I couldn't do any like I was just like worn out. Children will do that to you, AJ. I mean, it's yeah. just... <laughs> hashtag no kids. <laughs> why did we hashtag? Why did we? <laughs> I don't know. 
so this is where like the lucid dreaming, like I would really have these like very clear, vivid moments in my sleep that I had to remember. And I had a very, very clear experience um, observing our co-host Randy and another person that was in her life. And I had no anchor for that. And I called her and was like, yo, so I had a dream and like, I don't know what this is. And I was, it was very clear and very present. Right. So I, I, I already know that my dreams can be uh, informational. Right. I remember when you called me, cause I was in Walmart looking at candles. You called and I was like, I've been thinking about you all day. And you're like, so I'm like, oh shit, put this down. I'm going to go sit in the car. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share the details of that of that, uh, of that dream, but the, but it was accurate, the important right? was the important thing was that it was very accurate and it was nothing that I had any, uh, prim- I had no in- beginning information on. I had no anchor to that. There was no reference point, if you will, you know, it was just information that was, I was observing that was given to me that I felt compelled to share. And so I shared it. And I, as I've done in the past with other people in my life and it was very on point. And so I've learned to kind of listen to those either dreams or waking dreams or moments of like waking meditation. And in this new house that we're in right now, you've been here, Sunny, Randy and Sunny and our significant others all need to be here together. Uh-huh. But like even my child, okay, so just to give you some reference, also our oldest, he he has had his boyfriend come stay. My bonus daughter, my bonus son has been in here. My niece has been here. Um, and when the moment I walked in this house, there was a very large presence in my front room that if I were to draw him, he would be very art deco, like very 1920s very tall angular figure like smaller at the bottom and like broad shoulders and like a like a kind of like an over like if someone were to like stand over you and like be like yeah but not like "Mm, I'm gonna hurt you but like I'm watching like I'm watching I'm stern I'm protective of this space I'm protective of this area I need to know that everything going on in here is going to be okay. Like, it's like that kind of an energy. I don't feel harm or bad or negative or anything like that. But I've heard like straight up voices in this house. I've heard like, oh my God. And time to move. I hear things being just like this. Like just like things being sat down on the kitchen counter. If you were to be like half asleep and you hear your child or your significant other or a house guest in your home and they put like a cup of water down, just like. Yeah. Like that, like subtle, but intentional things in this house. And when my child's boyfriend came to stay, he was like, there has been knocking all day. It doesn't stop. What the hell? Like days in a row. And he's like, I don't know how to make, I don't know where it's coming from. Like I've come out, I've looked around the house. I've looked at the door. I've looked at the walls. Like I've, is it the dryer? Is it the washing machine? Is it the air conditioner? Is it the TV? Like, what is it? And there's just like constant knocking. So 
this spring break, like this week, my, one of my children were sitting with me on the couch and it's just them and I, and there's nobody else awake. Everybody else is asleep. And we're watching the news on like volume seven. And I'm like sipping my coffee and we hear from behind us a very loud, like, if you were to hear like, um, if you were to put something in your pocket and then put that item into the dryer and like put it on and it would be like, Mm -hmm. like that, like that kind of a loud bang. That's the only way I can describe it. And we both looked at each other and we're like, you heard that. Okay. And he's like, is it the dryer? So I get up and I check the dryer. The dryer is wide open. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in the kitchen. The dishwasher's not on. The coffee pot's not even on. The cooler is off. And scientifically, you and I, all three of us know, like, what can we use? What What is there to explain this? The fan isn't on. The, the weather is beautiful outside. Like, nothing. Nothing to warrant this in the broad daylight of the morning. Like, zero things. Zero things. It's squirrels bowling. Zero things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As, so as they what, do. As they do. As squirrels like to bowl with their nuts. Oh. <laughs> See what you did there. So my niece came and visited uh, last summer, so about nine months ago, and she sends me a drawing and she's like, um, I, I saw this man in your dining room and I, I'll have to find it in my, my saved pictures, but she drew the same figure. No, a different one completely, a different one entirely in my dining room. So the dining room is this very nice little you know, uh, mm-hmm. offset of the, of the living room. It's not like closed off, but it's also very, uh, separate. It's a mm-hmm. very separate space. And this, and she drew like the dining room table angle and like the chair and this man figure, what I would perceive as to be a male, just because of the way the, the body is shaped is like this, like hunched over, like almost like wearing like a fedora or like a hat, like hunched like in the dining room, which is very different than the energy that's in the living room, which is very tall and big and like muscular and like protective in its, in its energy projection. It's not threatening or menacing or uh, even like dark. It's just a, I'm here to guard this area and I want to make sure that you're taking care of my space, kind of like that kind of energy. So to, so today, and there's so much more I could go into this, but we don't have the time for it right now. I'm, I'm just trying to give you the, the bare bones, if you will. So I'm cleaning my mom and dad's houses, which is the childhood home I grew up in. Um, and it was built in, uh, I was five. So like 1986, this house was built. No one else has lived there. Just my family. I grew up there. Um, and my grandfather lives there now and he's a 96 year old badass kind of guy, robust world guy, war, robust world war II veteran. Just, you know, he is the all American dream that you would call my grandpa. He's just incredible. 96 still drives, still is just very much involved. And my grandmother passed over 10 years ago. Um, and I could give you an offshoot of that story, but I, I won't for time's sake. 
but I was cleaning house and I was home alone. My parents weren't there. My grandfather wasn't there. Nobody was there. And I have my AirPods on and I'm vacuuming in my, my parents' room. And behind me to my right, I feel a presence and I hear a voice and I don't know what it said. I could not tell you what it said, but I know that it was my grandfather's voice. I know it was, I know exactly how he speaks. I know his cadence. I know everything. And that was him, but no one was home. And like, I turn around and like, no one was there. And I don't know how to explain that. And I'm not, I'm not okay with it. Like, it's not a unsettling it's a very it's a very unsettling feeling so one last little adjacent story was the summer that my husband and I were getting married and my grandmother had already passed my grandfather was still living on his own in in their house that they bought in the 1950s where my father was raised that he was still living in that house and he graciously let me use his spare bedroom to keep my wedding dress in where I could keep it on a dress form and I could fluff it and like let it like air out and like have all the wrinkles come out of it and my grandmother is the person who taught me to sew she's the one that like put a needle in my hand and put me in front of a sewing machine and taught me that skill and so I'm at my grandfather's house she's passed I'm with my wedding dress I'm underneath this like ballroom dress and I'm pinning it and I, I hear something. And so I come out of the dress and I hear, I get a kiss in my cheek, like, and I ran out of that house because I knew my grandmother was like, I love you. I'm kissing you. And cause she would always say, go kiss yourself, go kiss yourself in the mirror. Like I'd, I'd be in Alaska and I'd call her and she'd be like, go kiss yourself in the mirror. And I know she was kissing me. Like she was like, I'm blessing you. I'm blessing the stress. I'm blessing your marriage. I know everything's going to be okay. And it, it's like those moments that are in my life that are like really informative and important and centric to the people that I need to communicate them to. And those dreams and those feelings and those instances I can't make them up those are really sweet stories I like them so that's my segment today is how much I am connected to the badass females in my life how much you do spooky stuff spooky shit it just happens to me I mean I there's nothing I can do. There's, There's nothing, nothing you can, can do. do. There's nothing I can do. So I have a lady's choice because I did do a shallow dive into something. Or I might take a, a pin from AJ's hat and sell some of my spooky stories. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think, Sunny? <gasps> totally up to you guys. I said lady's choice. I want to hear your sporky story. Your your sporker. I clearly have some more wine. I don't want to hear a sporker. <laughs> All right. So my mother was a complete dumpster fire, right? So she wanted to like wade into the paranormal world back in the 90s, and she did it the complete wrong way. I don't hate her for that. I hate her for many other reasons. So 
we were living in Milwaukee. My mom's side of the family was in Philly. We didn't talk to them. My dad's side of the Philly was in the South. Didn't also didn't talk to them because she sucked. Anyway, you could used to be able to buy a Ouija board at Toys R Us. <gasps> yeah, Hasbro, baby. You could. Hasbro. Yeah, or Target or Walmart. Yeah. Hasbro, yeah, baby. Back when we were little, it was Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when we were youngins. So my mom goes out and she gets this Ouija board and she plays it with her kids as one That's does. Normal as one that's does. normal mm-hmm. um so my grandmother my bubby for for our jewish I listeners out there i love it she was your very stereotypical jewish woman she's like a bigger woman curly red hair very loud loved her to death she was uh she had no health concerns that we were aware of so one day i'm playing with the ouija board with my mom and my brother and my sister as one does and uh, I don't remember who we were talking to, but the the board's like, hey, it's going to be hard and you're going to be sad, but, and I'm paraphrasing because this is like 20 years ago or 30. Yeah. But like, you have to get over it. She's in a better place. And of course my mom's just like, who are you talking about? It's like, just, just know she's in a better place. Everything is okay. And then like she's trying to ask questions about what's going on and the board's like knock knock I'm like what it's like knock knock pizza guy knocks on the door scared the shit out of us put the board away no nope. the next yep the next week my bubby she had a a heart attack like quickly followed by a stroke she died like pretty suddenly so I don't know maybe like a Ouija board protected the shit what got really weird is we lived in this pretty small apartment in Milwaukee and my, excuse me, my little sister would do this thing where she made breakfast in bed. And what that entailed was she get milk and eggs and syrup and she crawled to your bed and she would empty this shit onto your bed. So I'd wake up with like syrup in my hair and eggs on my chest and just, so we had to tape the, uh, the fridge door shut and then to like, make sure she didn't do that. She, she was a wreck. We'd wake up and, you know, like the joints between the ceiling and the wall, mm-hmm. the duct tape would be balled up and like stuck in that corner. And none of the kids were high, like tall enough, even with a chair, tall enough to reach that. So it was really weird. Um, the way the apartment was set up is the master, well, like the main bedroom was at the end of the hall. And then it was like the kids room on the left side, the sorry, right side, the bathroom on the left side. And then as you walked down the hall, because it was a two-bedroom, it was the kitchen on the left side again, and then the living room. And my mom would wake up, and she'd be like, you guys probably get this shit, because I'm not a parent. But she, she'd see somebody walking in the hallway, going to the kitchen, and she'd be like, you know, you know Ryan, Randy, Amber, go back to bed. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get back. You go back. through the list. You go mm-hmm. through the list. There's no way to get back to the kid's bedroom without like her seeing it. And so nobody would come out of the kitchen and she'd walk down to the kitchen and nobody would be in there. AJ, I know you know this, Sunny. I think we talked about it. You you shouldn't have like owned supernatural things that you give to somebody because like it kind of collects your energy. Mm-hmm. So my mother had from uh, her sister-in-law, she had a tarot deck that was gifted to her that like this woman had owned and used and like did readings on that she gave to my mother as like a present, which like, isn't a, 
you can do it, but you, you want to like kind of clean the energy off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she a had this tarot. Yeah. So she had this tarot deck and weird shit. Like, I don't know if it was the Ouija board. I don't know if it's tarot deck. I don't know what's going on, but weird shit started happening. So I watched her take this tarot deck out into a pot and just light it on fire and burn it. Two weeks later, there's a tarot card stuck under the door, completely unsinged. Don't I show. don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I think return to center. Nope. Yeah, no. I mean, my mom had a lot of shitty energy. And then um my youngest sister never got to meet my puppy. Like we moved out of Philly when she was like really young. And one day there's like pictures of puppy everywhere. Like not everywhere, but we have pictures of her. Mm-hmm. And Bubby was is just like loud just great loving personality you know like I'm gonna do what I want to do because I want to do it you know Mm -hmm. she raised like four or five kids on her own in South Philly type thing my sister never met her and so one day my sister like does like the kid crawl thing up to Mm -hmm. my mom like she's laying on her chest and I think she's probably like six and she goes mom I had a dream about Bubby last night. We talked about it all the time. And my mom's like, oh, okay, you had a dream about Bubby? And she goes, yeah. Bubby said, you need to stop being sad. You need to stop being sad. She is living her life right now. And you need to just let that go. Which is what Bubby would have said. Wow. <laughs> and on a much, well, okay, this is really a lighter note um so like Uh, way more of a bummer note (laughs) so just I like I like because I mean you guys know I'm very analytical but I'm also like superstitious so I kind of flip-flop between the like that could definitely be explained by like swamp gas or weather balloon and also Mm -hmm. what the fuck did just happen with that Mm -hmm. so I this is a I think it's funny when I was in Afghanistan I got blown up and the reason I not funny, but mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> I'm here. It's funny. It's really not. It's fine. So it was a, it was a thing that every so in the in the vehicle that I was in, there's like an internal system with headphones because it's very loud, and so you can wire an iPod at the time into that internal system. You can play music. You can still hear what's going on, but it's just it's boring. It gets boring every time we rolled outside the wire. We played. Hell's Bells by ACDC, except the day I got blown up. The iPod died. The other people didn't have Hell's Bells in their iPod. So we played a Drake song. Drake damage. Yeah. The reason reason we got blown up is because we didn't play Hell's Bells. And like for the rest... I was fired from DJ duty for a while and they were like, we are not leaving unless we play Hell's Bells and then Drake was banned. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. I am all for banning Drake for uh, for very less reasons, but that is the most important reason (laughs) is that you did not get blown up. These things are so so funny because it's like, as far as you guys are sensitive, I'm like the anti-sensitive where literally the most whatever can be going on and just absolutely- We're we're aware. If I'm aware. aware. We're aware. We know that about you. That's what's funny, Sunny, (laughs) because- 
I gave, I did a tarot reading for you. AJ mm-hmm. did one for you. Did mm-hmm. I do you and Paul together or separate? You did. No, yeah. One, one. And I was actually banished from the room because my energy kept fucking it up. I remember that. Yeah. I had to leave. I was like, I need you to step out. It was, but, yeah. Anyway. But Sunny, even with yours, because um, like for our listeners, I'm still learning like my tarot deck, mm-hmm. not my tarot deck, but like what the cards mean. Um, so what I do is a very simple reading and it's just like, you ask a question, it's three cards and it's past, present and future. And it's like the past to establish, um, like credibility with the deck and then the present of what's going on down in the future. And Sunny, you got you like yelled at by the deck. I was like, I don't know what question you asked, but this, every card means the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I know you're not by any means superstitious, but things have happened. but you still keep us around all right I know. just anytime anything else should be like full of all the energy it's like it's kind of like how i have no circulation in my hands so like when you're supposed to be conducting electricity and everyone else's is like it's just womp. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> nothing here we had that weird picture at the uh in estes park mm-hmm, oh did. yeah that's true i we'll still post can't that ex- for our listeners i cannot yes. explain that Mm-mm. Well, okay. I, I have an idea for what we need to call this episode. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yes. A tripod with one leg to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. So accurate. That's very true. That is very, very true. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our therapy uh, with the bourbon wine and true crime. Ladies, yes. we appreciate you, you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Email mm-hmm. us at bourbonwineandtruecrime at yahoo.com for interesting story suggestions. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Nice ones. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice ones. And you know what? We haven't read them, so it's okay. Just leave a comment. That's also, fine. if you if you comment shitty shit on YouTube, that still boosts our algorithm. So thanks. So Keep that in mind. <laughs> Shitty shit, good shit, good shit, all shit. For now, bye bye. Bye. We love you. Do we though? Really, we love them so much. So much. We really do love them. I love you so much. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I.